You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 18. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com or on iTunes. Hi everyone, this is Ed K. Smith from Online Impact here with Brendan Tully from the Search Engine Shop, and you are listening to the Business Marketing Show. Thanks for joining us, and hello, Brendan. How are you, mate? Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm good, Brendan. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> we've had it. We've had some very uh, busy stuff going on this week. Lots of um, lots of challenges, and I'm sure there's lots of business people out there who. Uh, have similar things happen you know some weeks and some days things go really well and other days they don't and uh, I think it's all to do with um, what your expectations are quite often and and how you're uh, setting yourself up for the results you're looking for and and this is going to be the subject of today's podcast mm-hmm. so um, you've got some some notes you've put down here that we're going to go over um, avoiding failure, um, expectation settings, and results. So, what would yes. what would we actually classify the the topic of this? What would be the umbrella topic that we're going to talk about? I don't know. Success. Ex- well, I guess expectation results is what we started yeah. with. But yeah, we see. Um, I guess in the, in the workshops a lot, we see or we hear stories of people having spent five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, like small businesses, on a website and not very happy because it's not generating generating any results. So, yes, yeah. there's some some I guess key points or mindsets or strategies and tactics that um, a lot of business owners need to be aware of um, around you know setting their expectations and and getting results online. So, um, yeah, we have a few yep. notes here to to talk through. I guess. Mm-hmm. Go for it. You can lead off. Um, okay, so I, I guess let's define what's expectation, what's result. So expectation is the result that you expect to happen and the result is actually what happened. Mm-hmm. And very, very often online, the result doesn't live up to the expectation. So um, from my perspective, there's really two reasons for this. One is the expectation was unclear or it was unrealistic or simply unachievable yep. and I think a lot of the time that is it's generally unclear like the expectation that you know the common one is if I'm number one in Google or if I'm at the top of the Google for whatever keyword it is I will be an insta millionaire which is yeah. really not true right damn it that's what I've been thinking you may not be my, my thinking is flawed <laughs> Okay, so we, we have to uh, have some type of realistic expectation and I think typically most people when they start an online business or a website of some type have the build it and they will come mentality uh, and that's about all that they think. We'll put up a website, there'll be heaps of people that'll come to the website, they'll buy all my stuff and then everything will be wonderful, which is exceptionally vague and unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, totally agree. Like who... For sure, there is. It's important to get traffic, but Google isn't necessarily the best traffic source. Um, you don't get to be number one by magic, and there's so many other things we've talked about in other episodes that you know 
the design of the website isn't you know the sole focus or the being number one in Google isn't the sole focus. So if your expectation is that if you get there with a you know number one ranking that you're going to be successful or whatever or your business is instantly going to double overnight, then that's just completely wrong, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if your expectations are to achieve a certain result, whatever that may be, it may be a number of visitors or a number of conversions, you need to reverse engineer the whole process. And that's the Stephen Covey book, you know, um, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. One of the things they talk about is begin with the end in mind. So if you're saying, what's the end result that we want to achieve from this website? Is it a certain number of sales, a certain number of signups in any given month or for a whole period of 12 months? Uh, and try and reverse engineer as much as you can what it's going to take based on some, some I would say, some conservative numbers. Um, or I typically work with clients on a worst-case scenario. So if this is what we think is going to be the worst-case scenario and we can still make a profit, then all the improvements that we make along the way are going to exponentially increase what we do. So, But if you don't have any sort of idea or figure or number in your head of what you're trying to do, then you're just randomly putting up a website. You don't have any structure to what you're doing it for. You don't have... Uh, landing pages set up to to deal properly with any sort of call to action and it's just a random hodgepodge setup so try and work out what it is you're trying to achieve in a 12-month period yeah yeah being very clear like like you've just said like the goal isn't to rank in google the goal is to get more calls get more inquiries sell more things whatever it is whatever the real goal is and i don't think a lot of people do that thinking even though you know it's like maybe 15 or 20 minutes with a pen and paper to do it? Yeah. I mean, I had a, uh, a meeting with a new client uh, just yesterday, and uh, he's got a bathroom renovation company. And he's a young, young. well, I say a young guy. He's he's not 30 yet, so he's definitely he's definitely young compared to you, Brendan. Um, <laughs> but, he's, but he's like <laughs> he's, he's like a little tiny baby compared to me. So, um, but he came with a Word doc that he'd, Put out, and he was very, very clear about what he wanted to achieve and where he wanted to be and the numbers. And I was very impressed. I don't think I've ever had a client quite so crystal clear as to what they wanted to achieve from their website. And it certainly made my job a lot easier because we could say, okay, this is what we're going to need to do to try and get those numbers. Um, and if we base it on a certain conversion rate uh, from people hitting the website, then you know this is realistic or it's not realistic. So... If you can actually have some mind map sketched out or, or a list of what it is you want to achieve, that will make it easier for you, for your uh, whoever you're hiring to do your web marketing, um, and it'll just make things trackable. And then you can test and measure along the way, and you can refer to us a, a point each month as to where you're at. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to pick in, uh, dig into two things you said there. It really is a, a game of numbers, like. What being successful online really boils down to is making the numbers work because at the end of the day, you know, you need traffic, right? So you're going to, okay, you do get some traffic from SEO or organic searches that doesn't cost you, it doesn't directly cost you money. But getting the website online, getting traffic, it all costs time, money, and resources. So it's really a game of making those numbers work. If you're going to, if you're investing time and resources and money, then you need a certain result from that. So just being clear, like when I have a client that comes to me with the numbers and the numbers all make sense and they understand the numbers, the job is so much easier because you can say, well, let's set this budget per month 
and you can roughly work out what they're going to make from that. Um, and in some cases, the numbers don't work. If you're selling a $10 widget that you make $2 profit off and you, you're hiring an external consultant, you're going to have to sell a lot of widgets to make that whole engagement profitable and that whole process profitable. So it really is important to know your numbers and know how many leads you need to, to make a sale, your conversion rate. So if you, know, you get 10 inquiries and you make two sales off um, those 10 inquiries, then you know, you've got a 20% conversion rate on those leads. So knowing those numbers and having a good feel for them is really important when it comes to working with someone external and talking about things like pay traffic, like paying for AdWords and paying for people to come to your website because you know it's a very fine line between making those numbers work and making a profitable exercise versus just throwing money down the drain, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, um, education is part of the issue is I still have clients who are sitting in front of me to this day and say doing this for coming on 11 years now in terms of Google AdWords campaigns for clients, uh, there are still people who don't understand what Google AdWords is and they're, they're wrapping their brain around the fact that every time someone clicks on one of their, their ads, it's costing them money. And often, if they're in a particular marketplace that's quite competitive, because they haven't been exposed to this scenario before, they are not aware that their competition is paying, as an example, $10 a click for a a fairly major keyword term that they're targeting and all their other competition is targeting and they now have to come into the fold and do the same thing. So they're going from not advertising to all of a sudden having to advertise and thinking they will get away with a $30 a day budget for something that's costing them $10 per click. So they'll get three clicks and then their ads will stop appearing. So there's, you know, there needs to be that realistic side of what their budget's going to be. And that's just talking about an AdWords campaign. That's not talking about budgets for anything else, uh, web design or web building or other forms of traffic, um, just that one channel. So you, they need to understand and have a, some sort of informed view of what it's going to cost them in budget terms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The numbers are so important. And also like the framing, the mental framing around certain things is also important too because if you think about AdWords, you're not just paying for a click. Like the terminology can be deceiving. Yes, I'm paying for every click. But what you're really paying for is the opportunity to, to tap into that. There's a river of demand going past every second on Google where people want things. They want to buy things. And you're effectively paying for the opportunity to you know, take a slice of that river and, you know, tap into it. You know, you're paying for the opportunity to talk to that person who wants whatever you're selling. So, Brendan, that is a very good analogy. I like that. Do I have permission to use your river analogy with my clients? Absolutely, Ed. Go fan- for it. Fan- I'll, uh, fantastic. No, we'll agree on a license no, fee. I'm not, I'm not joking. That's very good. <laughs> that, that was a very good uh, depiction. If you're picturing a flowing river and that all that river is flowing past with opportunity and you're just tapping into that bit like someone fishing with you know fish floating past so yeah exactly and every one of those people you know they want something they're at different stages of wanting something some people are standing there with their money ready to buy other people have a lot of questions that they need answered before they'll be in a position to take out their wallet and buy so yeah you know there's a lot of things around knowing where your customers are and having the ability to talk to them and answer their questions so they move into a position of being ready to buy. But yeah, I think the framing, if you think about it as paying for clicks, it can send you nuts. Like you, you, you know, you 
feel like you're throwing money down the drain, but if you frame it as you're tapping into a demand stream, you know, you're paying for the opportunity to talk to people who want to buy whatever you're selling, then it makes a lot more sense and you'll be able to see the other parts of the puzzle much more easily as well. Yes, very true. So, um, and quite, quite often, and you have this scenario happening with you, I know I do as well, is the short-term focus yes. that people have. They expect quick miracle results with magic bullets. Um, and you know, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes you can go through and set up a website and get your traffic set up and start you know, making things happen in the first week or so from, or even sometimes the first day. But that's typically not the scenario. You know, you have, there's a, some sort of build-up time of typically, I would say, at least a month. Um, and, and often if people aren't getting results straight away and they haven't budgeted for a longer-term strategy, then they give up, which is yep. not, again, comes down to the realistic expectations. Yeah, yeah. So they need to expect that they, if they're going to get into the online stuff, it's going to be every week. It needs attention. It needs, you know, it's not just set and forget. It's not a one-month project. It is forever. So the website, if you expect the website to deliver you customers and leads and calls and inquiries and whatever on a continual basis, then it's going to need continual love and attention and budgets and it's going to need to be front of mind. So Yeah, absolutely. Know. It's no different to going, you know, opening a, a bricks and mortar physical store and then saying, oh, look, I'm just going to open it on Tuesdays. The rest of the days, I'm not going to pay any attention. I'll just leave it shut. And, you know, customers will surely still come. No, they're not. Because they're going to, you'll end up being known as the, the stupid bloody place that's <laughs> only open on a Tuesday. And no one's ever going to go there even on the Tuesday. You know, so you have to give it daily focus. And, um, well, you know, if it's not you, and it shouldn't technically be you, it should be someone you're getting to manage this sort of stuff whether it's a staff member or someone exceptionally intelligent like Brendan or myself. <laughs> Thanks, or myself. Um, I was just trying to be modest. But, uh, you know, you, ne- you, you can't do it all yourself. It's just not possible. So, again, that comes into the realistic expectation. Uh, you're going to be spending all your time working in your business or would you rather work on your business and work on the strategies and, and the goals of what you want to do and building your business rather than being trying to do 40 different jobs in it. We've all mm-hmm. suffered from it. I mean, I still have issues with that. I'm still working on that. I'm not perfect. And uh, you know, there's often things where I catch myself from going, why the heck am I doing this? Mm. This, is, this is a $10 an hour job and I'm supposed to be working on $10,000 an hour jobs, you know, not not $10 an hour job. So, so, and it's easy to get caught into that if you don't have uh, your goals and strategies and expectations set up already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just going back to your, your point on magic bullets, yeah, there's not really, we have, uh, there is an episode, I think our first episode was the quick wins episode. So, yeah. there are best practices, things you can do that are going to give you a bit of a jump. Um, but, there really isn't like a magic bullet. If, if you put a YouTube video on your homepage, it isn't magically going to make the website work overnight. So I think that's a trap. A lot of people fall into the shiny object syndrome. Their, their friend, a friend of a friend said they should do something. They have to have a Facebook page and, you know, that's going to make all the difference to the website. But, you know, that chasing the magic bullet really is 
you know, you're going to burn time and energy and probably get nowhere. It's, it's a lot of wheel spinning. Whereas if you stand back and you know, take a measured approach and think about the strategy first and work out the numbers, you're going to get a much better result. Yeah, and everything has to serve a purpose, doesn't it? I mean, I was having this conversation with Alan, my business partner, this morning. We're just uh, designing a new site for uh, remarketing.com.au that we're launching soon. And we were looking at different themes that we were basing our WordPress site off because it's going to be built in WordPress. And, uh, you know, some of the themes had some bells and whistles that did things and the the whole uh, parallax themes, which is basically when you scroll up and down, you can see a a background image behind in certain levels when you go up and down. You know what I'm referring to, don't you, Brendan? Yeah. Parallax theme. Um, And... You know, it comes down to the to the point is what purpose does it serve? It, does it serve a purpose in getting people to take action when they get to our website to phone us or fill in the contact form? If it doesn't, it shouldn't be there. If it's just something that's a new fancy trend or some thing that does something on a website that you know, looks sexy, well, stuff that we're not using it because you know it, it, all it ends up probably doing is distracting people. So you. Ha- I, I go by the principle of be open to everything, or be open, I should say, but question everything. So what's the purpose of everything you're doing on your website and um, what's the strategy behind it? What's the expectation? All comes down to that. Yep, yep, completely agree. Good, I'm glad you agree, Brendan, because <laughs> you know we don't want to have a fight on, 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 on our podcast. That would be no good. So creating a better plan of attack. So if someone's currently in a bit of a state and they don't know where to go and they they don't have a, a clear strategy from with their website, what should they be doing? So um, they need to be focused on more than just the design or the website looking pretty and more than just being focused on being number one on Google. So they need to broaden, I guess, the focus and like we said, take a step back and work out what it is you actually want. What's the why behind the website? Is it more customers, more calls, more email inquiries? Getting specific on that. So that's a 15 yeah. or 20 minute exercise, pen and paper, just some thinking about you know ultimately what is the goal. If you're going to spend money on the website, say you know five, ten grand over the next few months, six months or whatever it is, what's the result you expect from that? So. You're not spending five or ten grand to be number one on Google. You're expecting more customers at the end of the day. So, yep, def- def- definitely, and don't do what one of, uh, well, they're technically not a client because they can't afford to pay me, um, because they have spent a hundred thousand dollars getting a website built and an app built that now is basically redundant and useless because <laughs> they've got no marketing money because they spent it all on the website and the app. So you need to if you if you've only got. Uh, a, a finite amount of money, which that sums up pretty much everyone, um, <laughs> then you have to budget out what that's going to be. So how much are you going to spend on the website, the marketing, staff? If, if you just go randomly throwing money at your web design without thinking of any sort of stuff, you won't have anything left to actually promote it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that comes up to the poor budget and resource allocation that was a good segue for you, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, split, yeah. So, what? Yeah, what are the things they have to focus on? Copywriting, photography, you know, other images, the design itself, the development and build, traffic generation, ongoing, you know, support and maintenance of the website if they need it. So, it's not just the initial build cost. No. no. 
Um, okay, so what's our third point here? That you know, don't rely on a single uh, marketing source or traffic channel. So no. this is a classic one where people get to number one in Google and that's generating a lot of traffic and a lot of business and then suddenly Google changes the rules or changes the algorithm and their rankings disappear overnight. And, you know, in some cases that can destroy the business. And so, you know, it's like having a one-legged stool. So you need to be focused on multiple sources of traffic to the website and understanding where that traffic's coming from and why they're buying and the, the whole underlying marketing principles that kind of support that if that makes sense yeah definitely yeah no one wants to sit on a one-legged stool because it's very uncomfortable and <laughs> so typically good... sorry go ahead i'm just saying you could fall over yeah, you could so i mean in terms of traffic sources you know for most of my clients we look at three so seo so the organic ranking in the search results paid traffic so that would be adwords yep. and then email marketing so if they have three at least they have a little bit of protection and insurance around search engine changes, especially email marketing. You know, we've talked about in another episode that that's probably one of the most powerful and lowest cost marketing channels when done properly. Um, and most people don't do it. So you need to, I would say, if you're not focused on at least three channels of traffic right now, that's something you need to be doing because you it's an unrealistic expectation to expect that traffic to always be there if you're relying on one source. So realistically, that source will go away and it, there will be some ups and downs with it. So if you have three, at least three, three traffic sources, then it's going to balance out and you'll have you know, some protection against fluctuations. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if we're talking search engine optimization, that comes under a whole category of traffic. It's not just Google. But unfortunately... Google is the sort of 80% of that mm-hmm. traffic for most businesses. Um, and AdWords, which is Google, and then you've got YouTube advertising, which is Google, uh, and then you've got remarketing, which is, well, can be Google and other sources. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a lot that comes under the, the category of Google, which is, you know, so don't count... Uh, count I would count anything under the, the, the heading of Google as one. Because typically, if you get banned from Google in some way, shape, or form, you're pretty much stuffed across all of their platforms. Um, mm-hmm. That's been my experience. So, so don't don't count AdWords and Google SEO or Google traffic, organic traffic, as two separate things. They're actually one thing, in my opinion. Um, so, I would say, look, you know, we've got social media traffic, and one one of those sources could be Facebook, and another source could be LinkedIn. So, um, so that they would be two separate uh, sources of traffic because they're two different companies. So, would you would you agree with that, Brendan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, single source dependency is a major problem. You know, things fail, things go wrong. You have to expect that. Um, so, I guess that brings us to the the last point is not planning for the worst case scenario. And I see this quite often with brand new business owners where. They've bet the whole farm on the website, so it's a you know do or die kind of scenario. If the website isn't successful, they lose their house or they go bust or they've lost ten years of savings or whatever it is. Like it's it's and that coupled with a short term focus and unrealistic expectations around how much work is actually required and how much time and attention they need to give to the website. You know when you add those three things together, it's a recipe for disaster. So 
you should never bet the farm on the website. You shouldn't be, you know, good ideas are great, but the execution is everything. And just because you have a good idea doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work or that you should mortgage your house or get a second mortgage to do it. So I, I cringe when I see people who do this and they get in these situations. But by the time I, you know, I see these things, it's too late. I don't know if you've had experience with that, Ed. Oh yeah, oh, oh heaps, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's uh, I'm not quite understanding why I end end up getting uh, in front of these people at the wrong time. So maybe it's something I'm doing wrong, but. Um, it's just there's there's a lot of people out there that will give incorrect information just to get a sale. Surprise, surprise. So they'll uh, you know they'll be sold on the fact that they need to have this combination hundred thousand dollar website and app uh, to be in the game, which is technically not true. So assess everything before you hand over your money. Yeah, I think I've got a post I'll link to in the notes on my website. So I got to a point where. In the space of a few weeks, I had multiple people call me with these scenarios. So I actually wrote this post to direct them to them, to direct those people to it called version 0.1, which is all about you know testing the idea before spending tens of thousands of dollars on it and actually road testing it and understanding the idea and seeing if it actually works in the real world before betting your house on it or getting a second mortgage or whatever you know big gamble that they're going to make. But yeah, definitely... Worst case scenario, you've got to expect that things are going to fail. So you need to be prepared to not have that money generate any return. Just recently, I spent $10,000 on, um, we hired an external marketing firm um, and we had them for three months and it cost me just over 10 grand and it, the results didn't, weren't what I expected them to be. So effectively, you know, I spent the 10 grand and haven't seen any result from it and that's okay because that was the worst case scenario that I had planned for and expected. So yeah, you know. yep. yeah, and that's the thing. You, if you have that in your mind that that's the worst case scenario and that's within your your budget and it's not going to kill you, then you go ahead and do it. If you know all things being thought out, you know properly. That is not just randomly do stuff. So so uh, awesome. Well, I think that's probably got people thinking to go go back and start doing a, a clear map of I mean it's no different. It really it's the what we're talking about is a business plan for your website ultimately. Um and and forward thinking what it is you're trying to do. And you can't look, you can't predict everything. You can't get conversion rates and how many people are going to sign up for things exactly right. That's you know it'd be wonderful if we had that hindsight or crystal ball thing working for us because it just in the real world it's not like that. But if you can plan for some type of scenario, and I, I always say to clients, work it out as a, a worst-case scenario because if you can still make money from a worst-case scenario, then it's all up from there. Uh, at least you'll be better prepared when you start going down the, the path of doing your website and website marketing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So- Anything else to add before we, we finish up for this particular episode? No, I think that's it. We're, we're, I think we're a bit rambly, but that's okay. We're always a bit rambly, <laughs> but there's always little gold nuggets in there. I'm sure. I'm sure that will be useful to people. And if it's not, put it in the comments below that this was the most useless podcast that you've ever listened to in your life. And you can't just do that jokingly; otherwise, we'll get very upset with you. But uh, let us know if it's useful to you or not. That would be great to get your feedback in the com- uh, comment area below. Thank you very much, Brendan. 
Thanks, Ed. I'll catch you next week. Always a pleasure. <laughs> okay. Bye now. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com or on iTunes.